walking through the biblical calendar. Today is the first day of the month of Elul. I, in um, 5780 is the year. This is the last month of that year. So in 30 days, it's a new year. Hallelujah. And uh, we've been experiencing what I've been calling these glimpses of the four horsemen of Revelation. Just glimpses, right? Just little glimpses that take us back to World War One and World War Two. The last time really saw this in, to this intensity. But I, we've already looked at Elul and creation and how that all works. But what I want to give you a picture of is in the springtime, these four horsemen it began at Purim, then Passover, second Passover, and Pentecost were those four horsemen. And this is going to be this is beginning again. We've seen the first horseman already, and now the second horseman is coming out tonight with this month of Elul. Again, this is a glimpse, not the horseman itself. But what I want to do is look back this break, back to April, back to Passover, the month of Nisan, to give you a sense of what's going to be happening and uh, what we should expect. I think it's helpful to know what's coming. So, first of all, when you look on the calendar and Nisan, it's one of the big significances is, as I said, we're getting ready for the new year, right? 30 days. Nisan is the other New Year's, <laughs> six months after that one. So uh, the Torah calls it the month of spring because it starts the spring months. And that is the day, 2,500 years from creation, 1,500 B.C., that becomes Passover and becomes the new head of the year. So already the month of Nisan relates to Elul and Tishri because they're part of these new beginnings. It's when we celebrate uh, the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Passover, First Fruits or Resurrection Day. It was the redemption from slavery in Egypt, of course, the birth of the Jewish nation. The counting of the Omer begins in, in Nisan. Of course, Resurrection Day for us, the, the cross, Resurrection Day. Since the month of Nisan and Passover relate to this month of Elul, the second horseman glimpse that began should begin now as Elul begins. So let's look back and see what the red horse glimpse looked like in spring. The verse that is Revelation 6-4, then another horse came out, a fiery red one. His rider was given power to take peace from the earth, to make people kill each other. To him was given a large sword. All right, so the, the biggest elements of that verse and that we saw in April, the most important peace was taken. People are made to kill each other. Now, the instrument is a large sword. Now, that sounds, oh, terrible war. But that's not actually what it means. In the judgments of Revelation, you see the sword coming out of the mouth of Jesus, right? In Revelation 1.16, coming out of the mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. That goes on and on throughout Revelation. Jesus is the Word made flesh. His judgments are words. His breath is a weapon. Likewise, the devil is a liar from the very beginning. Just as he deceived one-third of the angels into following him with words and deceived Adam and Eve with words, his warfare is with words. Spiritual swords are not for stabbing. Words penetrate, separating soul from spirit, or separating the soul and separating the spirit, not actually from each other. How do you take peace from the whole earth? Well, lies and fear. The power to take peace from the earth is the spirit of fear. Are we walking in caution, wisdom, or fear? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. 1 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Everyone experiences fear, but there's a fear that literally overcomes you, that comes from the demon, the spirit of fear. This spirit is opposed to God and his kingdom. If you entertain him, he will control your heart and your mind, your courage and your decision making. What shifted from March to April, from the first horse to the second horse? If you remember back, right around Passover or Easter, what seemed temporary and manageable became unstoppable. The rule of law in America was placed into the hands of the medical community hierarchy to determine our response. 
our freedoms were removed. We were called essential workers or suddenly labeled non-essential. Businesses everywhere were no longer asked to close, but forced to close. We still have in that situation. Fear and panic were mandated. It was no longer optional how we were to respond. There was rage and hatred and people reporting each other. And that's still going on. All that came from the second horse. 2020 is the biblical year 5780. The number 80 in Hebrew is pay, P-A-Y, or P-E, I'm sorry, P-E-Y, P-E-H, either one. It means mouth, speech, breath. The coronavirus pandemic was and is spread by breath, which can kill. That's that sword. But it's the word spoken that takes away peace. So it's not really about the virus. The lies and deception and how dangerous it could be to everyone, how it was spread, the only response permitted, masks and quarantine, closing the economy. There was no peace. That's the bottom line. It's not really about any of the virusy stuff, what you're for, what you're against. We're talking the second horseman here, the glimpse. Is it even reasonable that a plague could blanket the entire world yet would have no spiritual biblical meaning? <laughs> Very unlikely. Then add in riots and lawlessness worldwide, add in worldwide economic collapse from quarantines and questionable political policies. One of the many agonizing attacks that accompany these horsemen glimpses, specifically the fourth, is attacks from wild animals. Since the pale horse glimpse of Pentecost, this reality has been brutal across the third world, which has faced the COVID plus plagues right out of the exodus. Over the last few months, clouds of locusts have devastated vast areas of Kenya, Uganda, Sudan, Ethiopia, Somalia, Eritrea, Djibouti, India, and Pakistan. These wild animals, these little locusts, just simple little locusts. That plague has left millions exposed to extreme poverty and in danger of starvation. Now, one interesting note for me, sometimes good news in these glimpses comes with a subtle reminder that the same news in the end times will be very bad news. I think the treaty between Israel and the United Arab Emirates this week is one of those. God has asked us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and this treaty is wonderful, long-awaited news that will save lives and enable many to be blessed and will very likely knock down a very resistant wall for other Muslim nations like Saudi Arabia and Oman to be the next in line. It's not just good news, it's great news, but it's also a reminder that the feasts of the Lord are greatly linked to the end times. And where are we? We're between the spring and the fall feasts, right? Which means the halfway point of the three and a half years and the three and a half years. And when that season comes upon the earth one day, the covenant mentioned in Daniel 9 will be signed quite possibly in these summer months between the spring and the fall feasts. So you're looking at not the real deal, but just a glimpse of what the one will look and when it will happen. So it's one of those very prophetic moments that we got to see this year, which has never happened before. So it's kind of cool.